I'm Larry McKee with McKee Cattle Company, Belmont, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Brazil has suspended beef exports to China. The reason for that is they found a case of mad cow disease in a northern province of Brazil. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Despite the substantial setback of major tornado damage, work at Texas A&M AgriLife's facilities near Vernon continues. And that's good news for wheat farmers. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. An agricultural trade mission to Mexico for the purpose of increasing beef and pork exports from Texas and other livestock-producing states. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more from a Texas Department of Agriculture official on the mission in Monterey, Mexico, on Texas Ag Today. Thanks to favorable weather, coastal bend farmers have been busy planting corn and grain sorghum for the past 10 days. This is RV Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The world's largest beef exporter has temporarily suspended exports of beef to China after discovering a case of mad cow disease. Brazil found the non-typical case of the disease in one of its northern provinces. Oklahoma State University Livestock Marketing Specialist Dr. Daryl Peel says he doesn't expect the situation to affect the cattle market for now. I don't think this is really going to be much of an issue. Obviously, uh, Brazil has suspended their exports to China uh, in the short run. I think that will be fairly short-lived, and if it is, then this won't be much of an issue. Now, if it were to extend for any length of time, then it could certainly start to have more impacts in the market. In 2021, two cases of the disease in Brazil triggered a suspension of beef exports to China that lasted more than three months. National FFA Week wrapped up last week with FFA members throughout Texas celebrating the largest student organization in the country. Ty Williams is the Area 8 State Vice President for the Texas FFA Association. I think National FFA Week is a time for not only just Texas FFA, but all the FFA associations across the country just to come together and celebrate and share what the FFA has to offer and how impactful it's been to not only those FFA members, but maybe the ag teachers and even our chapters as well. And this week should be used to just spread light on our organization and how uh, students should get involved in it because it really is an impeccable organization and has so much to offer for so many students. Williams is currently studying to become an ag teacher at Tarleton State University. 
USDA released preliminary crop acreage estimates in last week's USDA Outlook Forum in Washington. Chief Economist Seth Meyer says both corn and wheat acreage are expected to go up this year. Getting a combined corn area of 91 million acres of corn, 87.5 million acres of beans, and then 49.5 million acres of wheat. So that's a rebound in wheat, obviously. The bean acreage is largely unchanged from last year, and corn a bit of a rebound. Meyer is also calling for an increase in rice acreage, meaning most major crops will see more acres planted this year. But there is one important exception. The one exception here is cotton, an expectation that relative prices will hold back cotton area. USDA is calling for cotton acreage to drop by more than 20% this year, with estimated plantings of 10.9 million acres. That's substantially less than the recent National Cotton Council estimate of 11.4 million acres. New wheat variety development continues in Vernon, despite last year's disaster. James Hunt has the story. As we talked about previously, following the devastating tornado that struck the Texas A&M AgriLife operations near Vernon last year, the recovery process is proving to be a long one. But even though it might not be until early next year before everything is back in order, much of AgriLife's work at the site has continued, such as with the development of new wheat varieties. In 2022, in the fall, we released and licensed six new wheat varieties, and some of those are very close to being sold to the farmers in the next year or two. That's Rick Veerling, the manager of AgriLife's Foundation Seed Operations. Veerling says while some of these new varieties were developed specifically for the Texas High Plains, farmers in other areas will also benefit. Texas A&M AgriLife has always put a focus on high milling quality wheat, and they continue to do that. So they're going to maintain that high quality milling and just increase yield, increase resistance, tolerance to diseases. Uh, We have a new forage wheat coming out for the rolling plains. Uh, We have some soft wheats for East Texas, Arkansas, into Missouri. So it's a mixture of varieties that meet different growing areas and different needs. And Dr. Veerling says so far things are going well this season. Knock on wood, we're getting some moisture around Vernon and the wheat looks very good. So Barring another natural disaster, we're looking good and confident on seed stocks going out this summer. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Department of Agriculture has teamed up with the U.S. Meat Export Federation to promote Texas meat exports. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today from Monterey, Mexico, is Nikki Jackson. She is the project director for international marketing for the Texas Department of Agriculture. She is in Mexico along with other USMEF officials uh, on a recent trade mission. And uh, Nikki, what was the uh, purpose of this mission? Purpose of the mission to come and explore pork and beef and U.S. meat exports into Mexico and the opportunities that exist for U.S. producers. Certainly Mexico is a huge trading partner when it comes to uh, agriculture with uh, the United States and with Texas. Uh, What were your findings? It's a great market for us, to be honest. You know, 50% of the total pork that's consumed in in Mexico is imported. We have 80% of that market in, in pork. For beef, it's it's 20% of their total consumption is, is imported. And we are the number one exporter into Mexico for beef products in the United States. So it's a great market for us. They're great trade partners. 
And it's just really a prime market for us to be working in. So do you and uh, the USMEF officials see an increase in uh, exports of U.S. pork and beef into Mexico in the near future? I think that some of the things that USMEF are working on and doing down here with their representation are really impactful. They've got a, a, a lot of good promotions and marketing to push U.S.-based pork and beef products in stores. We got to visit a lot of those retail locations and seeing, you know, the the labeling and the packaging that's kind of identifying the quality that you receive when you buy U.S. products. That is Nikki Jackson. She is with the Texas Department of Agriculture and joining us today from Monterey, Mexico. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farmers in the coastal bend area of Texas have been busy getting corn and milo in the ground. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, large tractors pulling 24-row planters have been a common sight in fields around the coastal bend here for the past week or 10 days. And that means that planting progress has been pretty active with great weather conditions. Predictions for a warmer-than-normal temperature during the final week of February has certainly put things in high gear. But the concern now for many farmers who've made good strides in planting as much as half of their cropland to feed grains is what do they do in planting cotton because that moisture is not up at the top and cotton must be planted at a shallower depth than corn or sorghum. A good general rain could cure a lot of ills here in the coastal bend and bring cotton planting into an optimum range where moisture would ensure a good stand but this year it doesn't appear to be in the cards long range weather forecasts still show very little chance of rain in the deep south texas area below normal precipitation and the fact remains that there's been little or no general rains in the last 90 days here in the coastal bend now many farmers are talking about reducing their planting intentions of cotton as much as 15 to 20 percent and certainly holding off planting on faster land that dries out quicker. It remains to be seen what our cotton crop will look like here in the coastal bend if more producers continue to try to establish grain sorghum on that cotton land because they can get to the moisture to get that crop up rather than gamble on waiting into early April for a rain to get a cotton crop going. And of course, cotton is not the only crop that needs moisture. Pasture land needs to have a good soaking rain to get our warm season grass growth off to good start and have some good pasture conditions for our livestock. All in all, the coastal bend, needing a rain, planning in progress, and hoping for a good soaking rain in the weeks ahead. Reporting from the coastal bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Texas teens can now apply to attend one of several engaging outdoor summer camps. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And spring calves are now hitting the ground. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. 
We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. It's the time of year where spring calves are now hitting the ground. Dr. Bob Judd gives his annual review of the birthing process. Every year on the program at this time of the year, I talk about the calving process. There are three stages of the process, beginning with stage one, which is dilation of the cervix. Mark Johnson indicates at Drovers.com that this may take hours or days for dilation to occur. There are no contractions at this stage, but you may notice the cow switching her tail and discharge of a clear, thick mucus from the genital area may be present. Stage 2 begins as the water bag appears and the healthy heifers should calve in one hour from this point. An older cow should calve in less than 30 minutes. If a heifer has not calved in one hour or an adult cow within 30 minutes from the appearance of the water bag, assistance may be required. However, many times you will find the cow and not know when she started having contractions. In this case, you should give an adult cow about 30 minutes to deliver the calf or one hour for a heifer. If you do not see a water bag and the cow has been straining for an hour, it is likely the fetus is in an abnormal presentation with the head or legs back or the fetus is breech. If this is the case, it is likely your vet will need to be called. It is possible you can attach chains or straps on the legs if they are visible, but you have to make sure that the head and two front legs or both back legs are visible before attempting to assist in calving. If these structures are not present, it is preferable to wait on the veterinarian. Trying to deliver the calf yourself may damage tissues and can cause swelling that can require your vet to perform a cesarean surgery to deliver the baby. Stage 3 involves delivering of the placenta, and this should occur 8 to 12 hours after calving. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas teens can now apply to attend one of several outdoor summer camps. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. Instead of sitting at home and watching television or playing video games this summer, Texas youth can embark on a five-day immersive learning adventure, discovering more about the natural resources that help make Texas unique. This year, Texas Brigades is again offering nine summer camps to youth ages 13 through 17. Natalie Wolf, Executive Director of Texas Brigades, joins us with more. So Texas Brigades is a nonprofit organization, and we are most known for our brigade camps. We have nine scheduled. There's two Bob White Brigade camps. There's two Buckskin Brigade camps and actually two ranch brigade camps. And then, of course, we have Bass Brigade, Waterfowl Brigade, and Coastal Brigade. And they're all from June through July with the application deadline March 15th. The brigades are all designed to educate and empower adolescents to become conservation ambassadors for a sustained natural resource legacy. 
they are going to learn quite a bit of things through the camps. Essentially, whichever the topic is at the camp, they are going to be learning about that species. So like you just mentioned, the waterfowl brigade, they're going to learn about waterfowl and wetland ecosystems and waterfowl biology, flock dynamics, land and water stewardship, and of course, the hunting aspect that goes with the conservation of waterfowl. And I always tell kids, hunting is not the primary point of waterfowl and conservation management. You know, think of it this way. You've got geese and ducks flying from all the way up north. Don't you think that by the time they get down here, they like a comfy spot to hang out? And so they learn all about those dynamics and how hunting plays a role in conservation. The deadline to apply is March 15th. Applications are available at texasbrigades.org. That is texasbrigades.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. Live cattle, cotton, and grains all closed lower, but feeders finished higher. We'll check out all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle closed lower Monday, but feeder cattle managed to close higher. We'll start with the live cattle trade, where the nearby February was down 20 cents, 165 even. The April down 40, 164.97. June down 20 cents at 160.87. Feeder cattle slightly higher. Nearby March up 10 cents, 189.17. The April up 65 at 194.22, while May feeders were up 67, 198.72. Cash-fed cattle market wrapped up last week, selling cattle here in Texas at 164 to 164.5. That's 2 to 250 higher compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices mixed Monday choice down 32 cents, 286.96. Select up $1.97, 279.05. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend Ken Jordan sold in San Saba on Thursday. Ken, tell these Texas folks how well that sale went. You've been there with a good run day, 1,355 head a day. I thought overall the market remained very steady on all class of calves and uh, urines. I uh, just think the market is still continuing to just really, really do well and bring some good returns back to our calf, calf guys for sure. I thought the stock steers, they sold fully steady. I had a group of seven steers. They weighed 416 to 266, a little over right at $1,107 on those four weights. Peter Steers, the Evers, also I thought overall sold steady. Had a group of seven steers, weighed uh, 748 at a dollar. 84 right at $1,377 in bows. 
Packer cows, I thought overall, I probably sold two dollars higher overall. We saw a lot more cows that were above the dollar a pound. Top cow today was one hundred six, but it was a lot of cattle bringing that ninety eight to a dollar four or five today on those higher ends. I thought overall, the bulls they sold uh, steady two pairs, and bred cows sold steady in good demand uh, today. Like overall, very very strong market again. What are you feeling for Mason Monday? I think we'll have a pretty good run again, the way that market is uh, and everything. We do have a chance to rain on Sunday night, Monday morning. I run a lot of cattle coming on Monday morning. If it does rain real good, it could slow down a little bit. I think Sunday we'll still have a pretty good run coming in, Larry. All right. We'll talk to you Sunday night. In the meantime, Ken Jordan, tell everybody how to contact you. It's Eric code at our telephone, 325-372-5159. Got a good cattleman's concept, black Semidol and Semanglis bulls coming next Thursday. Go to our website, jordancattle.com. Got all the information on there, Larry. Good deal. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Raleen hogs dropped sharply lower Monday. April hogs down a dollar thirty, eighty four seventy two, with May down a dollar twenty two, ninety four twelve. Class three milk was mixed. The nearby February down one cent, seventeen eighty five a hundred weight. March milk up sixteen cents, seventeen eighty eight. Cotton market traded sharply lower early in the session. We managed to rebound and only close slightly lower. A weaker U.S. dollar and a higher Dow Jones helped the market to recover somewhat. We finished with May cotton down 10 points, 84.80. The July down 1 point, 85.07. New crop December cotton down 6 points at 84.26 cents. The corn market finished lower with the old crop months getting hit the hardest. Nearby March corn down seven and a quarter, six forty-two and three quarters. May was down five and three quarters, six forty-three and a half, with September corn down three quarters at five ninety a bushel. Now the wheat market continues to be a head scratcher. Another double digit loss in both hard and soft wheat on Monday, but there doesn't seem to be a good fundamental explanation for the drop in prices. We're sitting now at the lowest close we've seen in a month, and that's despite the troubles that we have with the crop condition right now, as well as USDA estimating wheat stocks at their lowest level in 15 years. But nonetheless, we took a drop on Monday, March Kansas City wheat down 18 and three quarters, 823 a bushel. New crop July down 16 and a half at 811 and a half. July Chicago wheat was down 11 and a quarter, 718 a bushel. In the energy markets, April natural gas up 16 cents at 271. April West Texas crude down 75 cents, 75.57 a barrel. The financial market slightly higher Monday afternoon. The Dow was up 61 points, 32,878. The Nasdaq up 69 at 11,462. The S&P up nine points at 3,980. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.